Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Late Night Rentals. I'm your host Brandon, joined with me as always is my co-host and wonderful wife Shariah. Oh, hello. <laughs> and this week we watch Willard 2003. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Nothing goes right. Night, Mom. Come in here. Willard, what an awful name. If you had a stronger name, that Frank Martin wouldn't push you around. What part of your fire don't you understand? Willard, let's go drink. <sighs> I'm not hitting on you, Willard. Willard's styles didn't quite fit in. It's been a bad day. Look, everybody, food. But he's suddenly become very popular. You're the best friends that I ever had. Now, turn, 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 turn up. A guy who could never get a break yeah. is about to get even. Out. to see you. They'll do anything I tell them. Turn up. Do you think it's okay if I just put her inside? Sure. Well, uh, what was all that noise? It's, it's just the wind. Crispin Glover. Willard! Willard. Alrighty. Okay. <laughs> Miss Giggle Pants. <laughs> You're the one who's giggling. Uh, I got a question for you. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite? Mouse or rat? Mm, I'm going to go with rat. Really? Yeah. I'm shocked. They're like little kitty cats. Typically, I think uh, I think mouse is what I think most people go towards. They're too small for me. I like something that I can really hold in my hand. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I also think, too, it's like phonetically. I think mouse just sounds more pleasing than rat. Right. So I think that's why it gets the most choice. Yeah. I'd have to say there's, uh, I don't know, there's something more seedy about a rat. Oh, I like yeah? more, yeah. Mouse, yeah. Mouses. Mice are cute. Uh, I don't know. I like a rat more. Yeah. Something about the tail, too. I know, and, like, I like something that I can't crush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and kind of badass, too, the rats. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. Brought the bubonic plague. <laughs> 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 um, all right, so, speaking of rats, we're, um, we're, we watched Willer 2003 today. Yep. So let's jump right on it. Basic plot, for anyone who doesn't know, is the main character is Willard Stiles, played by Crispin Glover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a man whose life is in shambles, pretty much. And not like a terrible life per se. I mean, nice house. He's got a job. Right. But it's just very melancholic, very stressful. Uh, his mother, very feeble and a sick woman, she claims to hear rats in the basement one night. And upon Willard going to check it out, he stumbles upon one of the main rats, a white rat, which he befriends and names Socrates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he discovers basically that the entire basement is home to a colony of rats, and this is where he also discovers the biggest one of the herd, 
And he's like, oh, boy, aren't you big? <laughs> big Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, a real fat sucker. And then it's out of this discovery that Willard can, he begins to realize that he can, not like, it's never mind control. No. But he can speak to the rats. The rats understand him. Yeah, he kind of, like, does it through Socrates. Like, Socrates yeah. is, is, like, his best friend. And he kind of, well, Socrates, they'll listen to you. You know, I'll tell right, you what right. to do, and they'll listen to you. And towards the end of the movie, like, it, the, the, the tide shifts to Ben's, in Ben's favor. Yes. Yeah, and mm -hmm. essentially that's it. Like, Willard, as as the story progresses, he starts to realize that he can use the rats in his favor. Mm -hmm. This movie is based off of a novel, which I want to read. It's mm -hmm. called um, Ratman's Notebooks. Oh. And then it, the original movie was from 1970, I believe, or 71. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they had a sequel called Ben. This is the the remake of 2003, directed by Glenn Morgan. He's his filmography is actually not huge at all. I think he the only other one uh, I had to look it up to make sure. The only other one I'm I'm aware of is another remake, Black Christmas. I've never seen that. Um, you haven't seen that or the original, Black Christmas? No. Uh -uh. Oh, we'll have to watch it. Okay. Not bad. I haven't seen the remake. The remake is 06. But yeah, back to Willard. <laughs> <laughs> This one I've always really enjoyed. Um, I grew up with this movie, mm -hmm. really enjoying it. And I was wondering, I haven't seen it in a really long time. And so I really wanted to go back to it. Yeah. Well, it's one of those two that it's, because I don't think there's a Blu-ray release yet. No, it's not. It's only an SD. On... And it's hard finding the DVD. Oh, it is? I think so. Oh. I could be wrong. I'm sure maybe like on Amazon you can find a cheap copy. But oh, yeah. In terms of just, I think... In terms of like physical releasing now, how everything's mm -hmm. getting released left and right, this one still hasn't got the attention yet. Yeah. Especially since Scream Factory released uh, the original Willard and Ben. So I'm sure, like with anything, it's probably a rights issue. Most likely. But it was interesting when I when it was always on my wish list on Voodoo, and eventually I just got to the point. Well, mostly for the show, I got to the point. I was like, "Fuck it, we're just gonna buy it." Mm -hmm. So we got it, and man, it 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 brought back some some pretty fun memories when I first saw, uh, seen it as a kid. Yeah. But yeah, I think let's get right on into our main character, Crispin Glover. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's a very interesting fella. <laughs> I, you know, growing up, I had the biggest crush on him. Yeah. I, I think you've told me that before. Yeah. I just, I like weird looking men and he was one of them. Very odd, very unique look. Yeah. He's almost like a painting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He does great work. The first thing I've seen him in was actually Charlie's Angels. Oh, as the weird, yeah. The weird thin man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was great in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, one of the early roles I remember him in, of course, uh, anyone who's a big horror fan or Friday the 13th fan knows his role in Friday the 13th Part 4, the final chapter, as one of the uh, okay. that go to the house. And, yeah. you know, he does that crazy dance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, he's in that. <laughs> the emotions, I think, I, I want to talk about first. Mm -hmm. The emotions he displays in this in this movie is wonderful. Yeah. There's this, I don't know, you could just feel his pain mm -hmm. because there's just constant tears in his eyes. Yeah. Um, and there's a really good outburst when he's, this is about good, I think we're starting to approach maybe the, the third act of the movie. And this is when he's told by his horrible boss, Martin, He's told that, you know, he's lost his job. Like, you're fired. Oh, yeah. Played by uh, Arlie Ermey. Yeah. How could you? What part of your fire don't you understand? My father! Is dead. 
Ben dead. And now your mama's dead, too. He started this company. It's my family's company. No, my company. Ben, my company. And I don't want you around it anymore. Why in the hell are you even still here? You hate it here. I hate you being here. You're going nowhere here. Mommy and Daddy are dead. Get over it and get on with your life. The terms of your purchase contract, they, they strictly state that you are not allowed to sell me. Get you a goddamn lawyer and sue me. You win. Go down today and hire yourself a $250 an hour lawyer. Sue me. My $400 an hour lawyer will tie it up in the courts until I die. So, what, 10, 15, 20 years from now, you'll win. You know I cannot afford that. You know that. Make me an offer on the house. <laughs> Don't give me that face, Willard. I buy the house, you have money. You can go buy yourself a very nice, clean, used car. Move someplace where you'll be happy. Get a job, a girlfriend. Jeez, you'll be so damn happy you won't want to sue me. All right. I'll sell you the house. But please, please, please let me keep my job. Who is, uh, of course, his most notorious role is uh, Full Metal Jacket yeah. as the drill sergeant. I think, even though I'm not a fan of the movie, I like his role in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Oh, yeah, he the was cop. really wacky in that one. Yeah, he, he's probably the best part of that movie. But, uh, yeah, his character choices, and uh, and this the outburst he has in, with Arlie Ermey in his office. Right. That's a really good moment. And then even at the fu- his mother's his funeral. His mother's funeral with the guy re- repossessing his house? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> It's my house. We can declare bankruptcy. We can sell the house. It's my house. Yes, of course. You grew up there at your home, but it's the bank's house. It's my house! There's no need for a single man to be living in such a large house, Willard. Sell it. Why do I have to pay for what things my parents did? Money can help you start over. Start over? I'm almost done! Willard. Look, you have no choice. If I have no choice, why did you even come here? Why did you even bother telling me? Do you get off on telling people that they have no control over their lives? That I have no money, no home, and it's not even my fault? Willard, this is not the time nor place. And it's just like, those two moments really stand out to me. Mm-hmm. I um, like how, when he just like, when he's in motion, he yells about it, and he he has a good yeah yell. Yeah, and it's like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of this comes from the mistreatment of not only his boss but his mother. Yeah, there's numerous times in the beginning when his mother calls him in, and she's like, "Oh, Willard, <laughs> such a horrible name," <laughs> and you're just like, "Oh my god!" And she's like, "You want to get rid of me, don't you?" <laughs> Which speaking, um. Of the mother. I believe her name is Jackie Burroughs. Okay. Whoa. Is she creepy in this? Yeah, she. they made her really creepy. There's a particular moment when uh, she's... Willard thinks she's dead on the steps. Yeah. But realizes she just fell asleep. Right. So he goes to wake her up and she coughs blood into his face. Mm-hmm. And then the, the way he goes to reach for her and she's like... 
Yeah, she like hisses at him or something. And there's this, like like bloody spit coming off of her mouth. Yeah. And, oh God. Yeah. It creeps me out, man. Mm-hmm. Mom, I I love you. I had to. All good things must come to an end. I I love you more than anything in the you world. You don't love me. You are feeding me. I hate you. <laughs> You need to go to the hospital. And what's something I've also noticed in this one is everyone he works with is pretty much pretty much sympathetic to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's they just not don't that... want to lose their job. They just don't want to say anything. They don't yeah. want to get involved. It's it's one of those things where I'm glad they didn't make him to be the butt of everyone's joke. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, it would have been, I think, too much if he would have been, like, he has to deal with his mother. Arlie Ermy, you know, cracks him in the middle of everything. And then he sits mm-hmm. down and have a co-worker just pick at him as well. Right. I think that would have been too much. And I like the fact that every time he gets chewed out, mm-hmm. everyone in the office always keeps their head down. And they always look to Willer as like, oh, man, I feel so bad for this guy. Right. Because it's his father's company and he yeah. doesn't have it. His father's company who, once he gets ready to kill... Arlie Ermy out of just anger and, mm-hmm. and just sadness and fear he's like you stole it from my father yeah. and you killed my father and my mother yeah. because of my father's death my mother's health and mental stability dwindled mm-hmm. and she died because of it as well right. and now you're trying to kill me Yeah, you're trying to eliminate everything that my family established all Willard wants is just to have his little office job there Yeah, he doesn't want to own it he just wants to have that job just have a little piece of this family right you know try to keep it going try to because mm-hmm. even though it doesn't come out and, and like say it there's clever little moments where he oh, could tell especially when he's in his father's office yeah and he takes out all the stuff from the police office it seems like he hasn't opened in a very long time or it never have opened yeah he takes out his watch and it's the same watch and um he takes out his wallet and looks a picture at him and then he take and then the little knife falls out, which which has dried blood on it. Yeah. And he puts it to his wrist. It's like you know what his father did without saying a word. Exactly. That is. I'm glad you. I that was in my arsenal to talk about today. Yeah. I'm glad you brought it up because it is one of the most chilling. It's like a mixture of chilling, beautifully shot, mm-hmm. just sad moments. Yeah. Because at I can remember as a kid, I always thought it was just rust. I thought it was a rusty blade. Oh, right on. So I it didn't make the it didn't make the connection with me till I seen it now as an adult realizing oh that's fucking blood. Yeah. Oh, we know what his dad did. Right. And it's just that and then Socrates crawls down, uh-huh. you know, and then like stops him from doing it. Right. And it oh, it's such a one of the most beautifully shot moments right. in that and movie. Did you notice the watch? It was almost to the time Maybe his father died. Oh, shit. You know shit. how long it takes for you to bleed out? Yeah. It almost seems like it would have matched perfectly if he would have done it. That's interesting. Yeah. I see. I didn't catch the watch part. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'll have to go back to that. Another thing, too, I think what's what has to be interesting with that role as well is working with all of those rats. I know. He seemed very comfortable, though. He had yeah. no problem messing with them and picking them up. Which, I guess, let's move into the rats now. Okay. Um whoa i know i know yeah. a lot of there's a lot of moments where where huge piles of them are coming in that was all digital right but still like there's so many scenes as they're scurrying about 
you could just see the floor covered in shit. Yeah, shit and piss, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could just imagine the cleanup. Yeah. Every take just being like, right. oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. But they're awesome. Like, And especially the two main character rats, Socrates and Ben. Ben especially. I don't know what what type of rat he is mm-hmm. or what they use, but even the emotion that he puts out. Yeah. Like there's a moment where he... Uh, where Willard gets onto Ben for the first time and just the way Ben hunkers over and just like keeps to himself and his head's down. Right. You're just like, Oh my gosh, that rat is sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how you can train a rat. To yeah. They're highly, highly, highly intelligent. trainable. Yeah. One of the, one of the cool decisions I think about the rats between Socrates and Ben is that it also is almost like the depiction of the classic light and dark because mm-hmm. Socrates being white, Ben, you know, brown and dark. It's almost like his his angel and his devil side. Exactly. Ooh, that's good. I that's smart. Cause it's if you if you ever notice, Socrates is the, always the one keeping him from going over the edge. Uh huh. Socrates is always there to keep him, you know, in line. But the moment Socrates dies, he turns to Ben, and then Ben is more willing to accept the colony of rats to be like, okay, let's avenge your anger and let's kill Martin. Arlie Ermey's character. Right. Let's kill your boss. So it's like, it's that classic trope is the moment the good is now gone, mm-hmm. the bad can take over. Yeah. And I, you know, it, in terms of just, especially in a writing standpoint, Socrates, of course, was that good nature side. Yeah. You know, so I've always liked that as well. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Okay, so there's like one scene that's really i never noticed it before but you pointed it out which i kind of like this little detail uh-huh. um his mother dies and yeah. this woman that kind of took over a spot at work uh um, Catherine is her yes. name yeah she comes by the house and like gives him a cat yeah and so, oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's like oh she's wonderful like she's potty trained you know you can keep her she can be your friend and he's realizing there's a bunch of rats at his house. like, mm-hmm. And then he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to put her inside, but we have to go. And then... Well, he he asks her first. He's like, is she potty... Is the cat potty trained? Well, no, she just says, like, uh, the cat's potty trained. You know, she's wonderful. Yeah. And okay, then, yeah. And, and then... He, go ahead. He just throws her in the house. Yeah. And he's like, okay, let's go. And then <laughs> the cat, like, just pees. He just, just stands there and pees. pees. And then it sees the, all the rats. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering... I'm glad you pointed it out because I've never noticed it, but it's like the cat's so fucking scared uh-huh. that it peed itself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I it was something I never noticed either. It was just yeah. it was one of those moments that it clicked for me, like yeah. you know the humor behind that. It's really, really just small moment, but it's one that you and I just had a, a like a nice little laugh over. You're right. It was really cool. I like little moments like that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just uh, I'm sure like acting with an animal is not easy right especially something as small as a rat compared to a human Mm -hmm. but the friendship that willard develops with socrates is so believable but yeah there's just there's so many clever things they did here so like to go back a little bit to the cat that whole sequence of the cat trying to escape Mm mm-hmm wonderfully it's 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 humorously shot as well like yeah and plus the music in the background is like ben it's the music's called ben Uh uh-huh and it's just (laughs) Oh man, it, this movie is a lot of fun. It is. I'm still enjoying it. I'm <laughs> yeah. happy I do. It's just there's certain the directing style itself is nothing exuberant. There's nothing really out like too crazy, but right. there's enough there's enough going on. Like the camera's always pushing in. 
or it's always trying to get close and study you like what a rat would. Yeah, right. It's not a crazy movie. Yeah. It's just very pretty and... Because it, it, it's very subdued. Yes. But it is very... I love I love the color scheme. I love everything's mm-hmm. just very gloomy, gray, and browns. Right, and, yeah. And it's... Uh, and I like the introduction. Oh my gosh, that stop motion? Yeah. Yeah, it's really, awesome. Really, really cool. Um, the music is very, very unique too. I really like the music. Almost uh, in our discussion with Death Becomes Her, how the music was very unique. There was a, a, an interesting tone. Uh-huh. Willard has the same thing. Yeah. Um, talk about the cover art as always? Sure can. This is why I rented this movie. Okay. Is because of the cover. Yeah. Well, it's got Crispin Glover, like, silhouetted uh-huh. on the side. And then he's holding Socrates. Yeah. It is so pretty to look at. Yeah. It's, again, minimal. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's, it doesn't need much either. No, it doesn't. Well, I really like the quote on the cover, too. Uh-huh. It's, uh, for small things come great power. Yeah, yeah. Which I think really puts towards it. It's almost uh, reminiscent. I, this was way before Prometheus, but one of my favorite lines in Prometheus is when um, Michael Fassbender as David, he has the little, like, alien spore, like the tiny spore on his finger. Uh-huh. And he's like, big things have small beginnings. Yeah. You know, and it's just when you think about the nature of what of what becomes in the alien universe... It's amazing. So, like, I I love that quote. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I guess other than that, I think we've talked on long enough. Is there anything (laughs) else you want to add or maybe? Oh, no, I think that's it. I think we covered it. All right. Yeah, short and sweet, like we try to make it be. And uh, so, yeah, that's going to be the show for this week. Um, On a scale of yes to no, what do you give it? Well, I give it a double yes, but I feel like you would give it just a single yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I really, really do appreciate this movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Crispin Glover's great. Mm-hmm. Everything they do with the rats is great. Arlie Ermy is great. Um, it's one I can always go back to. Yeah. It's uh, Even if it's just for background noise, it's one I'll put on for sure. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, double yes for you. Yeah. Single yes for me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's going to be the show for this week. Um, Again, like with every episode, if you want to strike up a conversation, you know where to find me on Facebook at Brandon M. Salkiel, S-A-L-K-I-L, and on Twitter at B. 1990 And like always, if you're bored, get yourself a late night rental. Yeah. Be-